You're listening to Adam RMD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Welcome to the theater. For everyone's enjoyment, we'd like to remind you of the following rules No talking, no smoking, no littering. No red meat. No freedom of religion. And remember, all marriages must be approved by the Department of Health. Failure to obey these rules will result in immediate loss of citizenship and deportation to the island of Los Angeles. Enjoy the show. It was okay? Yeah, definitely. Nope, it wasn't you. Okay, here, hold on. Even when I said I had you tied up with duct tape and stashed in the corner? Yeah, that's fine. Keep saying stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Okay, here, hold on. <laughs> I'll count to three. Three. All right, y'all. This is Grandma Gutterpunk coming to you from underground cartoon therapy unfortunately my son adam air mdged is uh a little tied up at the moment i think i uh stashed him in the corner when i got through with the duct tape but i am hosting this show tonight instead and we have as a guest the lovely mecca chavez from brooklyn new york Live from the streets of Brooklyn. Yes, Mecca is an upcoming singer and songwriter and playwright and screenwriter. She's got her fingers in a lot of pies. And it's all recorded from a parking car, right? Like a parked car, Mom? Uh, no, it wasn't a parked car. She was driving around. <laughs> I am here for a minute. <laughs> this is my special guest spot. I knew you were struggling on the opener here, so I came in and jumped well, in. I needed you to give me a time and let me know when I'd said enough. Was okay to oh, no, I, I will. No, you... It's not over yet, but stay around till the end of the show, guys, and me and Grandma Gutterpunk will be here, and by the way, the music you hear in the background, that's Mecca Chavez, and uh, you can't hear her, Mom, but it's awesome. She's got a beautiful voice. Holy shit. I will, and if you guys want to get a hold of her, you can get a hold of her through on TikTok. All right, guys, uh, hold the fuck on. You got any last um, moments uh, you want to say anything, Mom, before fucking uh, we get this fucker rolling? Uh, just did, y'all hold on and fasten your seatbelts because she's a high-energy chick. Heard that. We'll be right back. Yeah. States rises 400%. 1991, 
the United States Police Force is formed. 1997, New York City is a walled maximum security prison. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Kurt Russell. Lee Van Cleef. Ernest Borgnine. Donald Pleasance. Isaac Hayes. Season Hubley. Harry Dean Stanton as Brain. Fuck yeah. And Adrian Barbeau as Maggie. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. The ultimate adventure of escape and survival. We now return. I'm the cynical sitting sideways. Hey, yo. This is Grandma Gutterpunk coming at y'all from Underground Cartoon Therapy. Unfortunately, my mini-me is down tonight, so I'm hosting the show. But he did leave me tapes in case I got into a rough spot. Now, tonight we have a young lady from uh, Brooklyn. Her name is Mecca. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for introducing me (laughs) and having me on. I'm really excited. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mecca. All right. Well, I am a musician. I'm an actress. I um, I do that as much as I can. And then, you know, for my day job to make money, I work in film. Um, and, you know, I, I do production stuff every now and then. And other than that, I'm just trying to survive and get by. You know what I mean? I do. Having been a street musician in New Orleans for 40 years, by choice, I do. Wow. 40 years. That is no, like, that's expert level right there. What did you play? I play drums and guitar, but my major instrument is drums. I can play anything that belongs in a surface. In a symphonic percussion section. Love that. I picked up guitar because I started writing music. And it was easier to carry around and be able to write something. Right. Because drums are, it's a lifestyle, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's no joke. It's a lot of work carrying a drum set around. Yep, and I had started to write a little bit of socio-political satire, so I definitely wanted to be able to carry a guitar. Yeah, definitely. We had... Right, Mm -hmm. Nate, and I would go out 
when I found out where he was hiding up at the Pantalba, I would go out every night at three in the morning with a Zumba and a saxophone player. Wow. And we would set up right under his balcony. That is something else. Wow. Well, we blew his cover and ran him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There's I so much that, history there. I called that man everything but a child of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. I'm sure you did it for for everyone. Oh, yeah, because he had a news blackout going here telling everybody he wasn't under indictment. And every time I'd call Texas, my dad would tell me the indictment count. And when it got up to 14, he just quit counting. Jesus. That's incredible. Did you ever get to meet him? Right now again? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't impress me. I've I've met some fine, upstanding black men in this city, and he's not one of them. <laughs> I like Sheriff Guzman much more than I like Brandon. Right. Well, you did. You did the Lord's work. <laughs> and unfortunately, Latoya Cantrell's giving black women a bad name in the state, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's incredible. They always use somebody from the community to yeah, well, as a pawn. You know what I mean? She got caught having an affair on the public dime. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. With one of her security officers that she was flying all over the world with her. And we were paying for it. That is crazy. And it's one thing to have an affair. Jesus and they were having the affair at the same apartment that I used to set up under to run Ray Nagin out of because it's kept for the mayors of New Orleans. To use to house like diplomats and stuff, and instead she turned it into her private sex pen. Wow! What? See, this is stuff that you just don't. I mean, you get the you get the gist of it in New York, but you don't get any details. Yeah, I mean? and he tried to hide. Nagin tried to hide in it after Katrina. He was hiding from people because. He was scared. I don't blame him. The rest of us were just as scared, but we needed a leader, not a coward. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And somebody who's like, I mean, what he did is just criminal. I feel like the way... And let him blow the levy. That was just terrible. Yeah. That's war crime material for sure. For sure. I don't even know what else to say about it because it's just like... Oh, man. I was never so glad to see a politician go to jail in my life because he... That's crazy. 
too many people died that didn't have to. Right. And they covered it all up. We'll be right back. Psycho profile on him using a database of five million sociopathic personalities. He hit the bottom of the curve. Catches on quick, doesn't she? Stan loves a winner. They say we play a little Bangkok rules. Nobody draws until this hits the ground. You ready? So, what kind of projects have you been up to lately? Well, um, that's a great question. I'm working on another album that's coming out soon. Um, I've been writing some screenplays, so that's been the the newest development is just me trying to find time to sit down and, and live that, you know, sad, repressed writer's life and uh, and write some TV shows and some, some movies. That's the, <laughs> that's the next thing. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to get my hand in as much as possible. I've also started uh, wrestling, which is a new development for me. It's something I never thought I would do. But, really? Um, I wrestled for Global Louisiana back in the day. Yeah. Mhm. Wow. Yeah. See, I need, I need more hope because I just got into it, and so just like anything new, I don't know if, if you know if you're like me, but if anyone out there is like me, when you try something new, you pretty much have to be amazing at it right off the bat, or else you have to deal with a wave of disappointment and guilt. So I'm now figuring out that you know trying to trying to remind myself that not everything is um that I can't do everything and I can't do everything well and that expectation is unrealistic and to not beat myself up about it so I feel like that's the only there's always a learning curve with that yeah. um, and wrestling yes <laughs> so wrestling is a good way to take out your anger and frustrations at day-to-day stuff too it is it is um I used to box, so I figured, you know, it would transition easier. But um, mm-hmm. as somebody who who doesn't have a therapist <laughs> and probably really fucking should, uh, and takes out their anger and random shit instead of you know in the therapy room, I would say that the transition has been a lot harder than I thought. I'm used to just like literally taking out my rage on a human being in a you know in a ring. Mm-hmm. And wrestling got a few more rules. Oh my god, with the rules. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like I'm like, I should just take a class. I almost feel like it's easier for me to sit in a classroom and learn about wrestling than it is to watch it and think that you know, because so much of it is smoking mirrors, so much of it is 
they're not just smoking mirrors. I mean, it's it's real technique of how these people are are dancing around each other and making it look real and not and not hurting each other. Because I'm telling you from a from somebody who is like so used to just getting in the ring and being like, Wah! like it's they so not like a wrestling <laughs> school that you can go to. Yes. That all yeah, those people yeah. go to. But there needs to be like a class, you know, like a wrestling textbook and a wrestling like, you know, what's it called when you answer, uh, you have a question and it's five options. Why am I flaking on what that's called? Multiple choice, yes. Yes, multiple choice. <laughs> Literally in the name, multiple choice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just wild to me how, how much I have to actually contain myself and how much more of, of a dance it is. Uh, than I thought. It's crazy. It can be lots of fun. It's so fun. I agree. It's really, you know, it's really, really fun. I'm hoping that within the next year I can start to do some matches and make some money, you know? Yeah. Some money doing this. Well, you've got the acting part of it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm hoping that's um, <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law. I'm currently, sorry, currently driving around Brooklyn right now, and I just, uh, I just ran a red light so hardcore. So, what part of uh, Brooklyn are you driving around? That's a great question. I am leaving. I am leaving Williamsburg and heading into Bushwick. Yes, ma'am. That is where I'm going. Hmm. Well, you know, it's it's a weird area. Have you been recently? Not recently. Oh, it's been years for me. You have to see this city. I have never. I mean, again, I'm a New Yorker. We don't go out at all. We don't go out much. We don't go out at all. We don't know about the Earth. The Earth literally drops off after Westchester for us. But um, <laughs> if you come here, like, I just feel like no other city has changed as much as New York City has. Like, the gentrification is insane. Like, I'm not, I'm not even that odd. I'm a 30-year-old woman. You know what I mean? For me to have seen complete neighborhoods terraformed to me that that is incredible i've never witnessed anything like that in my whole entire life even when i'm looking at like construction sites being built from scratch they're not even done and the amount of time that booking will just like erase whole neighborhoods so it's you got to see it before it's gone basically <laughs> <laughs> it's changing that fast huh Oh my God! Like in the last five years, you know, I'm I'm already completely out of venues. Like the venues that I used to go to, the clubs and stuff, none of those are there. I'm talking to 21 year olds. Like I'm fucking 45. Like yeah, back in my day, we used to go to the fucking Transpecos, and like they're like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's crazy because this is a change that should happen over like a decade, and not over like five years <laughs> or maybe it has and i'm just the last to know i would not be surprised about that at all so oh you know what 
I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> but I drive around the city for work, so it's kind of like a, a an extra limb, like an extra, you know, it's a reflex for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. My niece does Uber Eats down here. Oh, yeah? She goes all over the city on a bicycle. Okay. Yeah, now that, that I will never do. <laughs> that is taking your life in your hands. Yeah, <laughs> literally in my hands, because she's probably just rolled that thing past my big-ass van at some point and almost got hit. That is insane, people who do that. Oof. Man, oh, man, like, I'm sure, I mean, you make great money doing it, though. That's the thing. The money is incredible. So what's the name of your uh, new album going to be? Have you got a name for it yet? That's a good question. I'm thinking... No, I haven't. I know it's going to be something about water. Um, I want to do like a water-themed album with a whole bunch of like water sounds and all this stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, I might maybe look up a, uh, a different name for water, like water in a different language or something like that. Huh, I had a tape, an interesting tape with some water sounds. I'm wondering where it's at. Oh, I might have to borrow that from you. Might have to get my mini meter. Answer <laughs> <laughs> my question. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I swear, child. Yes. So what kind of music do you write? So right now it's um, more of a dark R&B kind of feel. Um, the stuff that I've been writing for the last few years has all been kind of in that vein. And I'm just working on releasing that stuff now. So it's probably going to be more like that, um, like moody, slow, pulsating beats, and then weird... <laughs> weird syncopated vocals on top but i'm um, hoping to throw some some metal songs in there as well and um get that going and, and all that kind of thing maybe save the metal songs for a whole metal album right hopefully one day hopefully one be able to put a whole whole body of work together for that i'm looking on a so after this album, or probably simultaneously while this album's coming out, I'm going to try to get the rest of the members of my band together <laughs> and get us into the studio, because that's a whole other project I'd like to release at some point, which is um, just like, yeah, metal band stuff. Yeah, we need more good metal out. Yeah, hell yeah. There's not enough of the youngsters into it. They're all into that techno pop stuff. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And frankly, if I wanted to hear computer generated music, <laughs> that's not what it's about. <laughs> but you can't tell them. They got to figure that out themselves. 
<laughs> well, hopefully it goes well. You know what I mean? The band thing, being a musician, it's, it's weird. Being a musician is harder than being a doctor. And I know that there are a lot of people that would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's insane. And I know it's controversial to say, but I truly believe that being a musician is one of the fucking weirdest and most difficult things you can try to pull off. And um, we're all just fucking screaming into the void because there's no demand for sound. Do you know what I'm saying? There will always be a demand for doctors. There will always be a demand for actors. I mean, even if they never make another movie, we still need commercials. We still need infomercials. We still need companies to, like, companies convey their messages to their workforce via video now. So you'd need somebody in a video doing that. An actor, a model will there will always need to be a physical model. Despite what AI says and despite what, there will always need that. Musician is not that way. And I say it's harder than being a doctor because it's conceptually not even a thing. Like being a musician is a weird, vague, nonsensical concept that we as musicians buy into in order for that to be an industry. But if you think about it, there's no need for one singular type of music, which means that you're you're not filling a void. You're just you're just making something to make it, and then trying to make a living off that. And I I mean being a musician as in like trying to make that your primary state of living, not being a musician as in like hobbyists or people who enjoy it. I'm more of a hobbyist myself, which is why I I eat and I'm I can go on vacation and do things is because I'm a hobbyist. Musician musicians are operating in a fucking alternate reality, to put it plainly, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Nothing that they do, ooh, nothing that they do is going to have, uh, it, it's going to be rewarded. There's no, there's no space for that to really exist. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> the two or three that I've, I've known that I personally looked up to really didn't care about the rewards. They did it for the music because right. they just felt it and then it had to come out. One of them did a rock opera about Robin Hood and Maid Mary. <laughs> oh, man, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure. But I think I knew. His name's Roger. Oh. A Star Trek freak. Real Trekkie. Wow. Yeah. Anybody who can, who can do it, I commend them. But I also try to give myself some grace and, and remind myself that this is all make-believe. Um, and yeah. I'm not... Feeling any real need to talk to musicians <laughs> from around the world and they help me write the damn thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, and all kinds of us playing together online and stuff. Before that stuff was really uh, popular, this is pre pandemic and everything. Right. In fact, it's about 20 years ago. 
So it was quite a feat to pull off. That's insane. Yeah. Where there's a well, there's a there's a fucking way, but hot damn, it's not easy. I think not- he, <laughs> he was definitely slightly nuts. I mean, the first day I met him, he was wrapped in an American flag, putting boot prints on a cop car. Wow. <laughs> so the guy definitely was a little strange. <laughs> he had one or two little screws loose. <laughs> oh man, I love it though. I love it though. I really do. I but if you look it. at it down through history, all of your great musicians had a screw loose. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at it as he's just carrying on in the tradition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm some great fucking Mozart, but I definitely got the fucking screws loose. So he's got that part covered. I got the crazy <laughs> part covered. <laughs> Just today, I'm like, should I take myself into a mental health? Nah, nah, I'll just keep making some music. That's okay. <laughs> We're fine. The best yeah. shit isn't sinking. <laughs> Where's the. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh shit, there is a cop behind me. And he passed me, but there's another cop behind me, and it's a green light. <laughs> so, anyway, um, what was I saying? I totally just swiped my brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, you know, we throw ourselves in our music, and I guess we just hope for the best, you know? Yeah. Um, you write what your heart tells you you got to write. Right. And if it does something, it does something. But if it don't, at least you got your brain to shut up and quit nagging you for a minute. <laughs> exactly. For at least one minute, and then it's all fucking worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what makes me so nervous about the wrestling is that, and and what brings me back to the whole artist thing is, you know, being a crazy fucking whirlwind, is that you have to work yourself up so much to get out those two minutes of music just to silence your mind for two fucking seconds. And then you got to promote it for the rest of your life. So it doesn't matter if your mindset changes from that moment. You, that is your song now, and you are responsible for it, like a, like a baby or something. Yeah. And it takes a lot of, like, weirdly, and it shouldn't take so much money, but because we live in a society where you're expected to contribute in a way that matters, and music has been deemed by society again and again to not matter, so <laughs> you, you find yourself, like, splitting your brain into, like, a hundred million sections, and, and my wrestling coach was like, if you could just find time to devote all your attention to wrestling for like five months, you'll be good. And I'm just like, damn, that's five months of, of no music. Like, how do I how do I do this? Do I not make music for these five months and focus on wrestling? Do I try to teeter totter? Like everything with a musician is always an extra step because it's like I, I'm already pouring every extra second I have into trying to be creative and usually disappointing myself. So it's like, 
how am I going to fit anything else in? <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds like I'm going to eventually end up having to go to a little school or something for a little bit. Yes, that's what Oh, but yeah, eventually I'm in like a I'm in like a pre literally a preschool haha for wrestling. <laughs> it's um it's in Brooklyn. It's it's crazy. It's run out of a an old daycare center, so it's it's like designed like a I don't know, it's just like a really crazy huge daycare center with like a sun painted on the ceiling and like big trees painted on the wall. So like a, it was literally a preschool. <laughs> literally, like it's literally a preschool and a preschool for wrestling. Like, That's cool. And then there's just a wrestling ring in the middle of this like fake playground esque area. <laughs> well, that's gonna be a story to tell your grandbabies one day. Ah, you know what? That's absolutely right. You know, like grandma used to wrestle in a daycare. <laughs> I take care that she's also done ketamine in the same place. Now she wrestles there. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's Brooklyn. Every single space here has seven uses. <laughs> I did once go to a rave at that daycare center. Not while there were children there, but after the children had left, they threw a rave. And I went and I did a lot of ketamine and, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm throwing people around the ring and throwing myself around the ring. Oh, it's crazy. Have fun throwing people around the ring. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, 317. Oh, God damn it. This gas station is three seventeen. I just paid three fifty. Wow. I'm pissed. I am so pissed. Damn. That's all right. Note where that gas station's at. Yes. For future reference. <laughs> it's never gonna happen again. From now on, I'm going just to this gas station. Do y'all have gas buddies up there that tells you where the cheapest stations are in your area? No, what's that? It's an app. Okay. Called Gas Buddy. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to have to look that up because... Uh, Check it out and see if y'all got it for y'all's area. Mm-hmm. Because that's that would be really helpful. I was in, um, I think it was somewhere in Jersey the other day, and it was like three dollars flat. No, it was like two fifty nine. I'm like, damn, I'm guess I'm driving out to Jersey every time I go to Columbus. <laughs> What's gas like where you guys are? It's three something. Oh, okay, damn. Guess you can't escape it then. No. And today the Arabs are talking about cutting back on pr production just to drive the price up again. Jesus, what? Yeah. 
You know, I mean, we we as a people, man, we really got to get our shit together and organize. It's crazy. We'll be right back. Shit. We now return. I don't know. I just think about like how incredible it would be if every single warm-blooded American just decided they were just sick of this shit and tore it all down. But I'm an anarchist, so that's like what I hope for every day. <laughs> every day I'm like, when are we just gonna who's gonna be pissed off enough today to just light it all on? Like what's going on? Who's it gonna be? Because it's not me. I didn't get enough sleep last night, so it can't be me. But I wanna I'm waiting. I'm waiting for somebody else. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm an anarchist, too. Pretty much. Though I do agree that there's got to be... We got to overthrow it before we can rebuild it. It's beyond repair. So It's beyond repair. Especially, especially for any... African American people out there that might be listening, man, we ain't fixing this shit. I don't know who lied to you, who told you what, but hey, that's not happening. It's just not, not in this country, not the way that it's set up. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. You will never abolish racism. You will never abolish the systems in place to exploit the poor because this country runs off of it. You have to. And the racism works. In all different ways. Yes. I mean, there's black people that are racist against other people that aren't black. There's Mexicans that are racist against other people that aren't Mexican. It just, we're set up to be isolated and insular like that so that they can play one group against the other. Exactly. Exactly. It's sad. We just gotta, we gotta get set up, man. We gotta stop. We gotta stop buying these fucking crappy products. We gotta start putting our money. Cause really, I think, I think that's really all it's gonna take. I mean, if we just all decided that we're never gonna buy this one thing ever again, we would shut it down. It would go bankrupt in a week. So we should be doing that. All the time, in my opinion. You know what I mean? We should be picking and choosing. All right, what corporation are we going to take down next? This one, great. Great. Everybody, nobody buys the BP anymore. Fantastic. You know what I'm saying? It could be that easy to me. It, it just seems that easy. I don't know if it is, but. Uh, two of the main ones we need to take down aren't going to be that easy. And that's big pharma and big oil. That's true. That's true. Pharma, you got to pick away at it. You know what I mean? Like. Pharma's really got to be, man, we would all have to really focus on our fucking health to the point where we don't need that shit anymore. Like, but there's always going to be certain people that are going to need medication. Yeah, right. Therein lies the rub. If we piss them off too much, they'll withhold the life-saving medications that the other people need. Right. 
It's really crazy. Yeah, because I don't want to see somebody else pay for my Hubert, you know? Mm. If you're mad at me, come at me. Don't take it out on Sally Sue down the road that needs in for it. Right. Absolutely. You know? That's what I worry about with thinking on Big Pharma. We've made some strides in that department, but we've got to pick our way carefully. Mm-mm-mm. Amen. Amen. Because you're right, it's got to be careful, it's got to be really thought out. We need brilliant minds on it, and we need to to really be strategic. But it's yeah. definitely got to happen. Well, back in the 60s and 70s, the word went out to, to finally, amongst all the hippies, that it was infiltrate and destroy. So a lot of the people that other people thought had sold out had just gone into the system to change it from the inside. Right. Right. But everybody called them turncoats and traitors. I was going on a run one time out to California and I got stuck with this little partner that they call Road Bear because you always take a buddy with you and we had two motorcycles and we're running from New Orleans out to uh, L.A. Wow. And every time I'd miss his motorcycle running right beside me or behind me, I knew I could flip a Yui and head to whatever the near, wherever the nearest Indian reservation was, and that's where I'd find him at. Mm. And this turkey was out there drinking Lysol with the Indians. <laughs> they would take a gallon milk jug, put the Lysol concentrate in it, the whole little bottle, and then fill up the, all the rest of the jug with water, and they would drink this shit. What the fuck? That's what they get loaded on. Why? Why? I never understood that either. I would sit there and I'd have me a half gallon of some Johnny Walker or something. Something smooth that I could sit on. You know? And I'd be sitting there watching them and turning down the Lysol jug every time they tried to send it my way. Wow. You know what? Um... You're talking about the, the Indians on the reservation did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I read a book about that once in high school. But the alcohol the alcoholism is so bad that uh they'll drink like anything. They will drink and it's it's so bad. Well what happens is when you're on the res, I think you get charged double you get double taxed. So What's a normal bottle of liquor for us, for them, it turns out to be like 
double the price. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think it's just that. Like, it's cheaper to drink a Lysol, you know, than it is to drink anything else, I guess. <laughs> but it's, it's gnarly. Like, I remember hearing about... Um, Drinking hand sanitizer. It's the first time I've ever heard of anybody drinking hand sanitizer. Yeah, I knew they drank mouthwash, mm. but I had never heard about the Lysol thing. That was so weird to watch. That is, uh, that is, oh, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that's, that's a wild thing about. Very wild. Very, very wild. Wow. I mean, it's it's really, and that's another group that's just going to have to, like, you're never going to get what you're old. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I want it to happen. We all want it to happen. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Just because it's, it's, this country just benefits too much from treating Native American people like shit. They just get too much out of it, you know? Yeah. But that's, you know, them drinking the Lysol and shit. The reason they started double pricing them on the alcohol was to discourage the alcoholism and it kind of backfired on them. Right. Now they're all dying of liver diseases and strange blood diseases from drinking the Lysol. Yeah. I don't see why the Indians ain't just making hooch like we did in the fucking jailhouse or in prison. <laughs> right. Fruit, stolen sugar from the kitchen, and <laughs> water, and make sure you got clean socks to strain it through. A few days later. I hope you got that part about the clean socks, man. We don't want them using no dirty socks to filter their hooch now. That's a grandma gutter snippet there. Make sure you don't use dirty socks to filter your coffee or your hooch. Oh, my God. That is something else. All right, Mecca. I just want you to know that you're welcome to call me anytime. I might have a couple of ideas for you that might help you with some of them uh, movies and television shows you're wanting to write. You never Oh, man. Oh, sorry. You might have cut out a little bit. Say that one more time. I said you're welcome to call me anytime, you know. I might oh, have yeah. some 
ideas and stories that might help you out with some of them screenplays and television shows you're wanting to write. It sounds like you definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) I would not doubt that for a goddamn second. (laughs) Everybody tells me I should write a book and I tell them they get me killed. (laughs) Oh, it's all right. I'll write it for you and I'll put my name out there and you could just... (laughs) We'll just say I got it from an anonymous tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. They'd recognize themselves and shoot at me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's got to be a, it's got to be a hit. Then it's got to be yeah. so good. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> yep. I don't want to be like Salmon Rusty and have a contract put out of me. <laughs> By the whole Muslim world or something crazy like that. Yes, indeed. Hold on. There we go. Thank you. Okay. Ooh, this city. This city. All right. Well, this has been Underground Cartoon Therapy with me, Grandma Gutterpunk, and the magnificent Mecca. <laughs> soon to be a molecular mauler. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I hope to see you guys uh, in. Let's get a little loud over here. Yep. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I'm trying to get inside the door. Well, yes, this is, this has been, I've learned so much from this interview, and it's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for, for having me on, seriously. No problem. I gotta look up and sleep on what all I'm supposed to say at the end of the show. Oh, oh, man, here it is. I'm glad I found that darn thing. I told you my mini-me had left me some little tapes in case I got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you might have to send that to me. (laughs) Definitely want to hear it. Let's close this looker out. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back, dude. Hi, I'm Sergeant Albert Iovino of the Indian River County Sheriff's Office, here to remind all drivers that when approaching a traffic signal, the yellow light means slow down and the red light means stop. Saving a minute or two is not worth your life or another's life. I know this because I'm the survivor of a driver trying to save a minute or two. 
Wear your seatbelt and obey all traffic signals because it saves lives and it's the law. Don't fuck around, motherfucker. We now return, motherfucker. $2,000 a month for a fucking tiny one bedroom. Yeah, it's like a fucking shack. I mean, it's there's nothing. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Like, literally, if, you're, if somebody's taking a shit, you will smell it in the bedroom. Oh, I know. Other end of the apartment. <laughs> it's fucked what up. The fuck? And then you want me to walk four blocks every single day to my own fucking car because there's literally nowhere to park? That's pretty much it. <laughs> In a city of fucking three million, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, I know. It fucking sucks, dude. Every other fucking lot is abandoned. Every other fucking building is abandoned. There's so much fucking space. And yet, nobody can get it together. Nobody, nobody, uh, nobody can figure out how to fit all of us in this space, even though that's, you know. No, I'm familiar with some older fucking, like, rent shit too that happened around Williamsburg like uh pretty much I'd say like first you know probably going all the way back to like uh 2000 somewhere around there and uh and uh you know when the they wanted to get rid of a lot of acidics that were had been living in there a long time mm-hmm. and they just bullied their ass out of there with fucking baseball bets I mean you know they yeah, fucking just came so, in and fucking just was like, get the fuck out of here, you know? Fuck. <laughs> I know, they're like elders too, man. You know, it's like, get out. We're going to fucking brutalize this fucking place. That makes a lot of sense to why the Hasidic Jews five years ago were, were going around kicking everybody else out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It, they didn't come with the baseball bats, but they came with the fucking legislation, the paperwork. They're like, hey, listen. You got three months, or we can give you like thirteen hundred dollars. Like, what? How do you want to do this? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> nope. I was at C Squat. Uh, if you know where that is in the Lower East Side. No, I don't. Uh, that's kind of like where the left. I don't know where, what what's up with it anymore, man. I don't care. But uh, at that point, it was like the leftover crack. For, that's how the last time I left it. It was all the leftover crack headquarters. And, uh, you know, all those guys are, like, fucked in the head, man. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I made my friends myself. No, um, no, I separated <laughs> from these guys. But uh, I think, you know, at that point, you know, you have C-Squat was a squat at one point. And then at one point, you have would have come in and made them pay lot fees and I'm like, well, that goes against <laughs> the whole fucking point of fucking squatting, don't it? Wow. And that's how uh, Giuliani got his claws into the whole, you know, real estate of the Lord. Because for a long time, there was it was a wasteland, dude. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're you know? right. Uh, you're right. 
I forgot about that. See, this is what I'm saying. New York City changes of the drop of a fucking dime. It's oh, yeah. Insane. I mean, you look at all the way back into the 1880s, too, and the gangs of New York yeah. shit, you know? I mean, yeah. like, hell, can't Annie. <laughs> she was right yeah. down the block from you, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, uh, and, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> He's got, he right. had a house out there, you know, and uh, outside Lori's side. still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. But, um, you know, uh, I watched it change, too, you know. I watched it, and uh, I saw it, and by the time it was done, I was more than happy to leave and not look back. And I think that's what happens with a lot of artists like you and I, you know. And I was younger like you when I was, like, a fireball like you, you know. And I I don't want to discourage anyone, you know, because you never know where it's all going to go. Uh, and everybody's different, man. And your chance, everybody's got a different car set of cards, man. Yeah. You know, you talked to my mom earlier, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She is so funny. She's so interesting. And she has such a wealth of knowledge about, you can tell she just knows about a lot of things because she's seen a lot of shit. You can't come away from the stuff that she's seen and not know shit about life, you know? Well, I look forward to going back and hearing it at the end of this thing with everybody else. But, uh, (laughs) oh, man, I appreciate you, Mecca, and I wish you the best. And uh, I'm going to do the actual closeout closeout. I'm going to try I sent you a screenshot. Is that you in in the second frame there, right above Malcolm X? No, it's not. That's not? Okay, that's where it... Okay, that would explain it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Damn, she's got more subscribers than me. Who are these bitches taking my name? I know, Biatch. Straight <laughs> up. Straight up. Get the fuck out here, bitch. You know I know Mega Chevelle. Let me see your fucking ID, ho. I know. What the fuck, man? This is some what fucking... Fuck? Your, your covenant <laughs> name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get your own. That's right, motherfucker. you're gonna do great i feel it uh your energy is awesome and if you ever want to do other shows with me or like just host other shows with me give me a call man okay your availability is i will keep you posted on my availability and um yeah i had a fucking blast so i'm down to do this anytime (laughs) (laughs) well from one new yorker to another man cheers Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Thank you again. Please give mama a hug for me and I will uh, talk to you ASAP. Sounds good. Send me the, send me the links through my phone that uh, of the, you pick the songs and just send me the links to them. Okay. It's going to be easier on me and I'm going to close this motherfucker (laughs) out. (laughs) All right. right, Bye. Bye. Wow. Mom, that was a cool ass fucking show, huh? Yep, I told everybody to fasten their seatbelts. Good thing after she admitted to running the red light on air, huh? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. I thought she's finished for sure. Oh, man. Every time I heard a siren after that, I cringed. Because, I mean, what do you do if you're hosting a show and your guest gets pulled over by the popo? Yeah. Fortunately, she wasn't the droid they were looking for, huh? Yep. Thank God. Otherwise, I thought you did fucking great, Mom. Your first fucking show. Yeah. Yeah, you did great. You ready to do another one? Yeah. 
great because I got John Wayne Gacy Jr. in the studio tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say that would be like my dream. Would you love to talk to John Wayne Gacy Jr., Mom? Yeah. Just to get his ideas on how he felt about everything. Yeah, like what would you ask him? How does it feel, you know? I mean, does anything weird ever happen to you? Do people ever try to get even with you because of what he did? You know, I got John Wayne Gacy Jr.'s Pez dispenser. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a Mickey Mouse footless Pez, and he scraped the fucking face off it like in a psychotic fit. Wow. Yeah, well, he ain't doing nothing no more, you know why? why? He's fucking maggot meat, motherfucker. That's a good place for him. Yep, he's in maggot zone. Too bad they didn't bury him in a cross. Well, we'll talk about something positive for a minute, like Mecca Chavez. Yes, I love her music. She's fucking great. You guys want to support her? Give me and my mom a call. We'll hook it up through Mecca. She needs all the love and support and funds right now. She's an up-and-coming artist. She's like a lot of people that right now they're just hurting with the system fucking continually fucking fucking you around at every goddamn move especially in fucking New York but yeah. these are the struggles that we have to go through and I I tell you I tell you this outside of my me and my mom's raunchy criminal fucking stylizations fucking put the creator of all first motherfucker cause you ain't getting nothing unless you do that that's the fucking truth man put God first put love first don't put your ambitions first put your hard work first put your spirit first and let God lead it right mom well if you put your ambitions first it usually ends up going awry <laughs> I have found much experience well we're wrapping it up here you heard my grandma gutter punk we're gonna wrap it up 206-666-5847 give us a call Love y'all. Love y'all. No punk light. No punk light, motherfucker. You've been listening to Adam RMD GED Underground Cartoon Fucking Therapy. Son of a bitch. Oh, that's some wicked stuff.